Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday, July 31st, 2016, and you're tuned in to another edition of The Misty Show. We're your premier source for fun and informative pet topics. I'm your host, Jay, and I'll be flying this baby solo today. Dee should be back with us for next Saturday's episode, which will be Pet Population Woes. Um, let me just start off by um, saying that once again, as is typical down this way, I don't know what it is with the 5 o'clock hour, but we're kind of experiencing some rumbling of thunder, some lightning, that kind of stuff, so I'm still on here, and I'm, I'm intending to go through with the show, but if there's a big clap of thunder and some lightning, I might have to disconnect, but we're going with it for right now. Um, I just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in to our last Christmas in July episode, and to thank you in general for supporting our whole Christmas in July event. Um, it was challenging, yet fun, to write a blog post every day for the month of July, and the two pop-up Insta episodes were also fun to post. You know, I, I just hate that we didn't get to do more of those. Um, there was supposed to, I didn't really have a set number in mind, but there was supposed to maybe be at least five or six. Um, but as most of you guys know, I've been having some major Internet issues for a large portion of this month. And unfortunately, they're still going on. I do not know there was a repair person out here yesterday, but still, you know, it's it's not resolved. This whole neighborhood, we're just still kind of in Internet hell. So hopefully that will be getting fixed. Hopefully August will be much better as far as that. So unfortunately, we didn't get to put out as many of the pop-up episodes as we wanted. But since we did get the concept started, once my Internet issues are completely resolved, we may do some more here and there. For the month of August, um, we've kind of decided to just go back to our regular format of two to three blog posts a week. Uh, We'll be brainstorming behind the scenes, and we may break out a new theme for September. But I think for August, we're just going to kind of just go back to our normal format. Okay, today's topic is entitled Creepy Crawlies, Protecting Your Pet from Poisonous Insects. But before we get into that, I want to give out the answers to last Tuesday's skunk pet trivia question. Okay, here are those. Question number one was, what do skunks like to eat? And the answer is, they like to eat grubs and insects, but because they are omnivores, they will eat plant and animal matter. Their diets are actually flexible. I think um, I read that they're opportunistic eaters, so I guess it just depends on what's readily available to them, so it doesn't just have to be grubs and insects. Number two, true or false, skunks are not nocturnal. And that answer is false. Skunks actually are nocturnal, so they are most active at night. Question number three is, well, let's see, a skunk may not necessarily spray first when it's threatened, so what will it try first? Okay, here's what they will do before they will just haul off and spray you. Um, They'll growl, they'll spit, they'll fluff their fur and shake their tail, and they'll also stomp the ground. 
So if you see a skunk engaging in these behaviors, you should hurry up and get out of their path because if you don't, the next move is going to be the big spray. Um, and that's where they raise their tail and they let out that foul-smelling spray, and they can spray that stuff pretty far. So if you see any of those other signs before they do that, you may want to be moving on. Is another true or false? Skunks have poor eyesight. And that answer is true. Skunks do have poor eyesight. Um, but, however, they do have great hearing and a great sense of smell to make up for it. And our final skunk pet trivia question is, true or false, skunks are immune to snake venom? And the answer to that is surprisingly true. They are immune to snake venom, and they're known to eat poisonous snakes, such as rattlesnakes. They also eat wasps and bees, and they'll attack a beehive. So um, who would have thought? So um, you go, Mr. Skunk. You're one bad animal. Wouldn't really want to cross your path. You're, you're immune to snake venom, and you will take on a beehive. So that there's some pretty bad little creatures, you know, not, not bad in the bad way, but bad in Michael Jackson bad way. Be sure to check out the blog at she'satorty.blogspot.com for next week's pet trivia post. Check out today's last Christmas in July post now, actually. I didn't expect to get that posted until after the show, but it's actually already ready on the blog at she'satorty.blogspot.com. And that blog post is in honor of today's special holiday. It is National Mutt Day. So be sure to celebrate that special mutt in your life. And better yet, why not adopt one? Um, if you want to join in today's conversation, you can hit me up at 347-838-8313 or listen later in the archives at blogtalkradio.com forward slash she's authority. Links to information used in today's episode will be posted after the show on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash missy.show44 or on our Twitter page at twitter.com forward slash missyshow. Okay, now on to creepy crawlies, protecting your pet from poisonous insects. And actually the title is Creepy Crawlies, Your Pet, and Poisonous Insects. It's amazing how you forget some stuff after you first create the title of it. Um, okay, I want to get the baddest out of the bad out of the way first, which is going to be spiders. Normally for me that would be cockroaches, but because cockroaches are not poisonous, they're just disease carriers, they're not going to be a topic of this episode, thank goodness, because I hate them. Um, but my next... Um, most insect next to the cockroach would probably be spiders, so we're going to get those out of the way. Um, there are mainly three types of spiders that we're going to be dealing with in this category about poisonous insects. We're going to be talking about black widows, hobos, and brown recluses. Um, I also ran across an article about tarantulas because in certain parts of the country those are an issue too, and I may touch on that a little bit. But I'm going to start off by talking about black widows. Um, there are a lot of different species of black widows, and you definitely want to protect yourself and your pets from these type of spiders, um, any of those three that I named. Um, black widows actually like to hang out in dark, isolated places. They only bite defensively, so cats are more likely to receive severe bites than dogs 
because of their tendency to play with and harass tigers because, you know, cats are always constantly swatting at something and they do like to, you know, play with something. I've even witnessed a cat, like, just playing with a grasshopper or something and and they just kind of like to harass things. So they are more likely to get severe bites from these spiders. Um, Widow bites leave puncture wounds that are about one to two millimeters apart. Symptoms of a widow spider bite include pain, redness of skin, muscle cramps, high blood pressure, and an elevated heart rate. If left untreated, the bite can cause vomiting, diarrhea, paralysis, and death. If you suspect your pet has been bitten by a widow spider, immediately seek vet attention. Most animals recover within two to three days, and fatality, fortunately, are fairly uncommon. Um, That came off of Vet Depot, and the article is entitled Protecting Your Pet from Dangerous Spiders. Now, there's another, another article entitled Use Your Spidey Sense to Keep Pets Away from These Arachnids. Um, and in this article, they also say that black widows can be found inside buildings or outside in leaf litter. Um, and just like the other article, they do bring up that they are not aggressive. That party is good, and they'll only bite defensively. Um, bites typically come from female spiders as the male's fangs are too short to effectively penetrate the skin. Um, they, in this article, it says in 30 minutes to two hours, muscle cramps will begin near the bite site and then spread to other large muscle groups. Pain peaks in two to three hours. Um, they say cats are more susceptible to severe problems than dogs because typically cats are smaller than dogs. So the smaller the animal, of course, the more potent the venom would be. Um, it says a single bite can cause life-threatening signs, but fortunately dry bites, which are bites where no venom is released, are possible. The severity of signs depends on two sets of factors, spider and the victim. Spider-dependent factors include the size of the spider, the amount of venom injected, and the time of year. Actually, warmer temperatures appear to increase the toxicity of the venom. Victim-dependent variables include the animal species, the size of the animal, the location of the bite, and underlying health problems and age. Younger and older animals show more severe signs. So definitely, if your pet is bitten by a black widow, you definitely want to get them to and I was going to say an emergency room, which you want to get them to the pet version of that, which would be to your local vet as soon as possible. Um, and also with black widows, they can be identified by the distinctive hourglass-shaped red mark on their underside, and that's on the, the females only, I believe. Now, the next set of spiders that we want to talk about are the hobo and the brown recluse spiders, and I'm going back here now to Protecting Your Pet from Dangerous Spiders by Vet Depot. Um, The brown recluse can be identified by the distinctive fiddle-shaped marking on its back. Although the brown recluse is nocturnal and not aggressive, bites can sometimes still occur, causing cellular damage. They're commonly found in the southern states. Hobo spiders, commonly found in Washington, Oregon, Idaho, and Alaska, can also cause cellular damage. Now, the hobos are more aggressive and are often found in basements. Recluse spiders, venom destroys cell membranes and, if absorbed into the bloodstream, can cause anemia. 
symptoms of a recluse bite include pain, swelling, and redness. As the tissue around the bite begins to die, wounds can grow as long as several inches and take months to heal. If you suspect your pet has been bitten by one of these spiders, contact a vet immediately. So they actually cause cellular damage. They cause the tissue to actually die. So these, these are just as nasty as a black widow, and I'd actually never heard of the hobo spider. Um, uh, the using your spidey sense to keep pets away from arachnids, I was just going to see if they were saying anything different regarding those spiders. Um, Yes, once again, they just talk about how the brown recluse is nocturnal and not aggressive. So it's the hobo that appears to be more aggressive and, and stuff, but the um, the brown recluse and the black widow, they, they are not necessarily aggressive. They bite more defensively. Um, let's see. Other species may produce wounds that are not as serious as the brown recluse. Let's see. Um I think they're pretty much saying about the same thing. Um, this one also goes on to say recluse spider venom contains compounds that destroy cell membranes. The venom attracts white blood cells, which also increases the cellular damage. If absorbed into the bloodstream, the venom can break down red blood cells, causing anemia. The venom also affects coagulation and can cause bleeding, so it affects how their blood clots. So that's in the recluse spider. So with any of these spiders, if you um, happen to have seen it happen or, or, or see your pet get bitten by one of these or you even suspect that they've been bitten, please immediately get them to your local vet, you know, um, times of the essence. I think in most cases the animals can recover, but just keep in mind if you have an older pet or a very young pet like a kitten or a puppy, it's even more critical to get them there. Or if you just have a pet that's already in fairly poor health, you know, you would want to make sure you get them there. Um, since I do have some time, I will um, say a little bit about the tarantula. Um, tarantulas are recognized by their furry bodies. I think most of us know what they look like from um, TV. They're most commonly found in central, southwestern, and western areas of the country. Tarantulas produce venom so bites can cause pain in dogs and cats. Also, ingestion of the hair that covers the tarantula's legs can cause pain, oral irritation, and vomiting. Serious complications aren't common with tarantula bites, so always consult with the vet if you have any questions or concerns. Now, um, this advice that I'm going to give out isn't something that I actually in one of the articles, but this is something that came from my husband, and it's actually pretty good advice. Um, for those of you that have patio or lawn furniture, it's a good idea to, you know, keep check the chairs, look under the chairs before you just sit down out there because a lot of times you may have spiders that will build, you know, they, they'll spin webs and, you know, they'll actually be under your patio furniture. And you could risk getting bitten, you know, by just sitting down and not really thinking about that. So it's good to just, you know, maybe take a broom outside every so often and just like sweep off your patio, sweep off your porch, sweep down any spider webs, always check under your patio furniture, under your chairs, sweep under there, especially if you're noticing any webs, sweep all that stuff and just be sure to check it. Just kind of keep those outside areas swept down as much as possible so that way you might cut down on your risk of yourself or your pet being bitten by a spider because my husband has kind of gotten in a habit where we actually have a back porch 
and he'll go out there and he'll just make sure that he, you know, sweeps down any spider webs because we, we have a lot of spiders out here. And um, he told me, you know, before I go outside and just sit down on our patio furniture to make sure that I actually look under the chairs and inspect before I just sit down because he's actually found a spider under there before. So just be careful with situations like that if you have any outdoor patio furniture, um, just back porches, patio areas, anything like that. Keep it swept um, really good and keep those spider webs um, down. Um, also, within your house, you know, you'll, you'll find just random spider webs. It's just good to knock those down and, you know, just every so often, you know, kind of keep things cleaned up. Um, another thing you can do, which I don't know if this helps as much with spiders, but it can help with other insects, we have um, our pest control people who come out and spray, and I don't know if this is true with everybody or not, but he said that the stuff that he sprays down doesn't really work as well with spiders because their legs are so long, so it's like their bodies never really get down in the stuff when he sprays our back porch and, and like, our window areas and all that and around our doors and windows outside. He said it typically isn't as effective with spiders, so that's why it's good to kind of just go out there and sweep down webs yourself. But for any other type of insects, sometimes with um, wasps, definitely with roaches, it's excellent with that because when, once they just get into the stuff where he sprayed it down, even once it's dry, it will just, like, instantly kill them. Now, of course, with wasps, you know, if they're flying around, if they don't actually land, it doesn't do anything. But I've seen plenty of dead wasps out front, um, you know, on our front porch. So it really does work. So for those of you who can afford to have a pest control company come out, definitely have an exterminator come out and spray down because that can perhaps control some of the poisonous insects. It may not really help with spiders, I'm not sure, but definitely a good idea to do that. Um, also, in one of the articles I was reading, they were talking about how you may even have like a um, a bee's nest or something out there, you know, and you, you can definitely call somebody to come out and, you know, get that down. So definitely, you know, have an exterminator, you know, on speed dial. Well, not necessarily on speed dial, but it's good if you can afford to to just have an exterminator on hand and just have them come out every so often because I think they come to our house like every three months and they spray. Um, yes, here it is. I see. Um, this is on protect your dog from insect bites, and they were saying if you have a beehive or other infestation on your property, there are beekeepers and exterminators in your area more than happy to take it off your hands. A pest control company can treat your yard and home to deter stinging insects from moving in again. An exterminator can also offer housekeeping and landscaping tips on how to prevent them from coming back. So also you have to be careful when you're just even outside, like cutting cutting your yard and trimming your hedges, because my husband actually was nearly bit by a spider just out there trimming the hedges, and he was stung by a wasp maybe about two weeks ago. So definitely, you know, be careful with that type of stuff. Okay, so in this article we're going to talk a little bit about bees and wasps. Um, and they say some dogs flee in fear of insect buzzes by their heads. You know, um, I hate that uh, Dale, um, I hate that Dee isn't here to talk about um, her dog, Boomer, because, you know, he was one of the ones who wasn't afraid of the insects flying by. And um, he actually, I think, ate a bee. He either ate a, ate a bee or a wasp, and, you know, it, it left his mouth and stuff really, really swollen. So if you have a pet that is not, afraid of the insects, you know, that's kind of where you may have an issue. Um, 
Boomer was one of these dogs where he saw it as a game, you know, um, they say uh, one that the dog feels it can win by swallowing the invader whole, which, as we know, that does not work. Um, with bees and wasps, a victory will come with a painful sting. And in most cases, these things result in mild swelling, reddening, and itching. Um, but they can cause life-threatening allergic reactions, especially in the case So you do have those issues where maybe your pet gets and just comes across multiple wasps and they just kind of sting them. That can be a dangerous thing because I guess just like with humans, they can have an allergic reaction that could actually kill them. Um, they say swelling and allergic reactions to insect bites can actually be treated with common antihistamines such as Benadryl. So it may be a good practice to already talk this over with your vet just in case and just find out, like, how much Benadryl is safe to give your pet if this does happen because it didn't specify, but I wouldn't feel comfortable just giving them a Benadryl pill unless I got it cleared with my vet. So just make sure if you have a dog or cat or whatever pet you have, maybe discuss that on your next visit where if they did get stung, what would be the appropriate amount of Benadryl to give them? Should it be in pill form, liquid, and, you know, how should it be administered? Now, here's a different type of insect that you wouldn't really think about, but I know this is true because I've been stuck by one, um, and that is the caterpillar. Um, here it says, how could pups not be curious about a caterpillar? They have colorful, fuzzy bodies and move slowly, making them interesting and easy prey. But certain species can fight back, according to the University of Kentucky College of Agriculture, Food and Environment. Buck moth and hag moth caterpillars, as well as puss and stinging rose caterpillars, have spines or hairs that can break the skin and inject poison. And I remember running across that issue when I was a little girl, and I saw one of those caterpillars, and they were really pretty, and they had all these little hairs on them. And for whatever reason, I was foolish enough to touch it, and they pierced through my skin, and, and it really hurt. And, and it was kind of like having little barbs in your finger, and I had to my mom had to pull them out. So definitely, you know, you also want to watch your dogs because it's probably mainly going to be dogs in this situation. Watch them because you wouldn't want them to try to eat something like that because those little, those little hairs, they can really hurt. Um, it says, in the best case scenario, you're dealing with mild itching. In the worst case, more severe pain, dermatitis, and intestinal issues. Um, so just make sure you're looking out for those. Um, something I found that was interesting is they were saying that you can help your dog to avoid getting bitten or stung by training it not to engage with insects in the first place, which you wouldn't necessarily think you could do that, but I guess you can. It says whether in the yard or out for a walk, correct with a tug of the leash or click, then follow up with positive reinforcement such as a treat. Okay. Um, or either pet their head, even though there are four, far more species of insects that will not make your dog sick than will, you can't expect your pup to discern when on the hunt. So that's the thing. Just keep in mind there is no way to train your dog to say, hey, that's a, you can bother that one, but no, don't bother that one. So you kind of just want to train them, if possible, not to bother with insects, period. So that way you don't even have to worry about that. Um. It says if you see your dog chomp down on one of these insects or notice such symptoms, contact your vet immediately. Additionally, the AS, 
ASPCA has an animal poison control center, and they're staffed with vets and board-certified veterinary toxicologists 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you can reach them at 888-426-4435. They can advise you on first aid treatment and point you toward the closest open clinic if needed. So make sure you keep that animal poison control hotline on speed dial. Have that program in your phone. But um, definitely it's still summertime. It's still hot, so you just want to do the best you can to keep your pet safe. Um, especially look out. You have to look out for all of them, but look out for your cats, especially when it comes to spiders, because I know this is true from having um, been a pet parent or been in a household with quite a few cats. And cats do like to play with their prey. I've seen them play with grasshoppers in the past. I've even seen a cat play with a mouse, and they like to toy around with it. So when they're dealing with spiders, that that is why you're probably going to have a cat get bitten much more severely than a dog. So definitely just take precautions as best you can. Sweep down spider webs. Make sure you're going outside checking your patio furniture, you know, maybe a couple of times a week especially if you're getting ready to have a get-together. Um, keep your grass cut low if possible. You know, keep keep your shrubs cut low. Um, some things can't be avoided because it's just summertime and you're going to have wasps and bees flying around, but just try not to leave your animal outside unattended, you know, especially if they're an indoor animal and you just like to let them out occasionally because I know Missy used to like to go outside. So just kind of, you know, keep them supervised, you know, if um, – their behavior changes, if they start seeming sluggish or, or something seems wrong, definitely get them to a vet because, you know, you can't watch them 24-7, so it could be a real possibility that they've been bitten. So just make sure you go by those safety precautions, and hopefully you can avoid having your pet get bitten or stung this summer season. Well, I want to thank you guys once again for supporting our Christmas in July campaign. Um, this was our first annual event, and I'm hoping to do it again. And who knows? I don't know in December what we'll be doing. Maybe we'll be doing something similar or we'll just have something, you know, just totally different, but we'll have something going on. And, of course, in October we will be doing our October Pet Spooktacular. I think this may be our third annual one of those. So Dee and I always look forward to that. And like I said, we may have a special theme for the month of September, so stay tuned. Um, hopefully once all my Internet issues are resolved, I can get um, more things done on the website. You know, I'm still using my – right now I'm using my husband's phone as a hotspot so I can be on my phone and still do the show. But um, we'll get some things going. But Dee and I want to thank you guys once again for all your support throughout the years. We hope that you continue to support our blog and support our show and support the website and our social media pages. We love you guys, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Stay tuned later in the week for another blog post because we'll be going back to our normal format. And just be sure to join us next Saturday at 5 p.m. as our topic will be pet population woes. And also remember to celebrate that special mutt in your life today. And if you don't already have a special mutt in your life, maybe you should get one. And remember, adopt, don't shop. So check out your local shelter. Mutts need love too. Not saying the pure breed don't. 
all animals need love, but also consider a much. This is your host, Jay, and I'm signing off, and you guys have a great weekend. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.